This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, Art GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. We are going to do things a little differently on this episode because of a current threat impacting the globe, the coronavirus or COVID-19. Here in Louisiana, at the time of this recording, there are still no confirmed cases in the state, but our governor and state leaders, along with our health officials, are taking a proactive approach in preparing for potential cases. Now, there is a tremendous need to share good, reliable information from health officials Sharing of incorrect or misleading information can cause people to panic and possibly cause resources to be wasted while we face this threat. Please keep that in mind as you come across information on the internet and social media platforms. With that being said, we are joined today by someone who can shed some light on this subject, Dr. Frank Welch, Medical Director for Emergency Preparedness at the Louisiana Department of Health. Dr. Welch, thank you for joining us. I know your days are a little hectic right now. Uh, Yes, I'm glad to be with you. So I'll start with a little background. A few days ago, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards announced the formation of a coronavirus task force to help coordinate the state actions related to this health threat. As part of the information flow, the Louisiana Department of Health developed a list of frequently asked questions related to this event. If we can start there, uh, at the time of this recording, this is Thursday, March 5th. Are there any confirmed cases of coronavirus in Louisiana? We do not have any confirmed cases of coronavirus in Louisiana, although we are preparing for the possibility that we might in the upcoming days to weeks. Okay. And if you could describe the current situation now, maybe here in the state and kind of what you're seeing uh, from your colleagues across the U.S. Well, yeah, absolutely. So the entire United States healthcare workforce is taking this very, very seriously. As you probably know, there are cases in upwards of 15 states currently and possibly local spread in several places within the United States, most notably California. And then the one we're all hearing about is the nursing home outbreak in Washington. Um, We do expect, given that this COVID-19 does tend to cause relatively mild illness in some people, we do expect that many more places within the United States will have people who test positive for COVID-19, and we're preparing across Louisiana for that eventuality. Okay, and if you could tell us a little bit about that uh, that protocol, what will that uh, action look like uh, if we do get to that point? Well, currently, the, the issue is, and we've all seen this on the news, is the testing. Um, Although we do have the capability to do testing within Louisiana currently, we don't have a whole bunch of tests. So you you don't want to just test anyone with a cold or anything like that. Uh, The state of Louisiana has upwards of 250 to 300 tests currently, which, as you imagine, for a population of 4.5 million people is not a lot. So currently, the testing protocol is limited to people in a hospital with severe respiratory illness, that doesn't have any other cause like flu or some other respiratory illness or people who have contact with a known COVID-19 case um, who are ill. Now, we do expect that testing criteria to expand and, and we really want it to, obviously, um, when, when the state of Louisiana gains access to more tests. So these recommendations and the things that I'm telling you right now, as you mentioned in your introduction, 
are bound to change over the upcoming days, weeks, and even months as as the ability to test for COVID-19 expands within the government sector, but also in the private sector as well. And I noticed that's one of the things that's come up on a couple of the calls uh, the state has held uh you know, with our, our various agencies and everyone, if someone goes into a, uh, a doctor's office right now and requests having the test done, that's not necessarily a step that's available at this moment, correct? Not at this moment, but again, like I said, the entire United States healthcare workforce, including laboratory testing, is moving very quickly on this. So currently, the testing is limited. However, we do expect that testing capability to expand within the upcoming weeks and and months. Okay. And we know Congress uh, looks like they're on the path to approve a substantial uh, funding amount uh, to help deal with this crisis. So uh, I guess that's another factor that could play into this uh, testing situation as well. Absolutely. In fact, a significant portion of that money is going to go into not only current laboratory technology, Uh, One of the interesting things people don't realize is it's sort of, um, I I think there might be the impression that it's a simple test, that it's either a yes or a no, but these tests are actually fairly complicated. They they not only take a sample, but they take equipment and certain supplies and certain reagents and certain time and certain people who are trained to do the test. So it's not just the number of tests, the, the ability to have, say, 200 tests in front of you. You have to have all those other factors in place. And part of this funding package is going to support not only the number of tests we have, but the ability to do the test and the things you need to do the test and uh, you know, possibly even limiting the time you need to do the test. So all of those things are going to be factored in when, when this money comes to Louisiana. Okay. And and so we know there have uh, been some people that are being monitored uh, here in the state. Could you kind of describe that process and, and what's involved in that step? Exactly. So um, travelers, United people, uh, United States citizens and their families traveling from either Iran or China, when they come into the United States, the United States immigration uh, team has a mechanism to travel, to track these people, these particular people. And so when United States citizens or their families come back from China and they've been in China or Iran in the past 14 days, the state of Louisiana is given the names of these people. Now, the reason, of course, for this is the, the outbreak began in China and the epicenter was in China and very few people outside of China had had developed the illness. So when this system was put in place was about two weeks ago. When these people come back to Louisiana, they contact the health department, they stay home for for about 14 days, and they monitor their own health with twice daily temperature checks and, and symptom checks. Do I have a cold? Do I have a sore throat, headache, fever, that kind of thing? And if they do, we alert a, a healthcare provider. They have a number that they can call. Um, and so those people are currently being monitored through the public health system. Again, those are just travelers from China and Iran if anybody watches the news, we're now having fairly widespread transmission in other places like South Korea, Japan, um, uh, Italy, of course. Those travelers are, are not being monitored, but they are being checked as they leave those countries for illness and not being allowed to leave if they do have illness. And then once they arrive in the United States, most, if not all, airports are alerting these people to stay at home and monitor uh, their their health for 14 days. Okay. And then, uh, you know, if we do get to the point where we see, uh, you know, maybe an outbreak uh, here in the region, 
Uh, we understand the the response will kind of mirror what they're doing on the federal level. Is that correct? That that is absolutely correct. Again, our our first thing would be to identify and will be to identify when and if we have COVID nineteen in the state of Louisiana. The second step that happens is you know, sort of like who is this person and who are their contacts? What is their home environment? And have they had close contact with anyone? And make sure we we identify those people and make sure that their health is monitored as well. Um, so we will mirror the federal response. We, we do want to know when COVID-19 comes to Louisiana and we do want to minimize its impact. And we're taking every step to do that. Could you kind of describe to us, and, and this is something we're trying to stress uh, with this podcast, how important is it for the public to use trusted, verified information uh, when we're dealing with this crisis? You know, you really have to go to the CDC website and and look at the, the tips and recommendations on that website. This is a relatively new illness, although coronaviruses are relatively common. This coronavirus, we don't know a lot about, but we're learning very, very quickly. So you really have to, in order to present it, prevent it, you need to know how it spreads, how infectious it is, what groups of people get sicker, are there any interventions we can do to prevent or minimize it? And what are those things that we can do to prevent it from spreading? And the way you do that is through scientific medical research. So the best thing to do is to go to that CDC website if you want accurate and reliable information about COVID-19. There's all kinds of, of rumors and, and things that you can find on the internet about how it started and um ways to prevent it and home remedies and and things like that i would not rely on those sources right now because most of them are, are turning out to be not true you know it, it 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 really doesn't help the situation too when when there's that type of false information uh out there so again we're really asking the public to help us uh share good accurate information and and to help get that message out um one of the things the governor mentioned, too, is is that here in Louisiana, if we do or when we have a confirmed case, uh, there's a there's a plan in place for the communication of, of that effort. You'll start to see a lot of information from the state uh, trickle down through the governor's office. Uh, once that information is available to the public, we, we will push that information out as well. That's exactly right. There, There is every intention that we will inform the citizens of Louisiana about not only the, the work we're doing now to prevent and, and mitigate the effects of this, but if we do have cases of COVID-19, especially those initial ones um, that we do locate, is to an, immediately alert the governor's office. And there's already a plan in place to communicate that information to the public. And kind of moving on, uh, of course, hospitals and medical facilities are going to be impacted by by what's going on. What's being done to uh, help hospitals prepare at this time? So, so one of the major focuses of the state of Louisiana over the past, say, five or six weeks has been to prepare hospitals for several reasons, though. Not only is this a, a, a new virus and the people who are more seriously affected by this, the elderly and people with other medical conditions, they will need to be treated in a hospital. So hospitals have to be ready, not just to say, oh, we have a patient that has this, but this patient will be seriously ill as well. So since there is no antiviral medicine or vaccine to treat this, they will need to symptomatically treat this person to hopefully help them get better. So our major focus has been with hospitals and clinics and doctors. We've done four health alerts, but we've also done several meetings directly with the hospital, with the Louisiana Hospital Association. But if we can uh, take a step back on that, we have been planning with the hospitals and the medical care community of Louisiana for about 20 years now 
to re- to detect and respond to a pandemic of influenza. And as you probably know, COVID-19 is a severe respiratory illness that is spread much in the same way that influenza is and causes many of the same symptoms and complications that severe influenza does. So our hospitals in Louisiana and the healthcare system have been preparing for something exactly like this for about 20 years. We built on that relationship and those plans to, to let us know when that first couple or uh, cases of COVID-19 walk in the door. Okay, another issue, uh, and, and you guys address this in your uh, frequently asked questions, uh, you know, all you have to do is look around an office or your workplace or your home and, and see how many things are made in China and those types of things. Yes. When it comes yes. to uh, COVID-19 and, and anything that's being packaged or, or sent around, any any threats associated uh, with shipping or anything at this point? No, they haven't detected any. And again, what I do want to preface this by is, uh, again, this is relatively new. The first case they think was was identified December 1st of 2019. That being said, when we look at other coronaviruses and what we know about this one, it really can only stay active on on inanimate surface such as paper or or things that might be sent through the mail for possibly even just two to three hours. So certainly anything that's manufactured in China or anything that's being shipped from China is perfectly safe to use. Okay. And then uh, the contact between uh, health officials here in the state and the CDC. Can you describe how uh, some of that communication is going on uh, right now? Absolutely. There are there are multiple contacts at many different levels between the federal government, between the Centers for Disease Control and the state of Louisiana. We have regular conference calls three times a week. There are additional calls for, for specific people. For example, our state health officer, Jimmy Guidry, has a special call every Tuesday afternoon. And then within the programs within the Department of Public Health, each subsection may have a call or two a week. So we have uh, probably five to six contacts with our um, CDC and and uh, federal healthcare partners every single week that update us on the current situation, the national situation, and then upcoming guidance and changes. So there is extremely uh, often and frequent contact with our partners. And moving on to individuals or families, uh, what should they be doing right now as far as any type of uh, planning or prevention? You know, on the on the Louisiana website, uh, the Louisiana coronavirus website, we put up a tip sheet for family readiness. Now, that family readiness, I will caution you, the family readiness tip sheet includes all kinds of emergencies and disasters. So um, it, you could use it for just about anything, for a hurricane, for a flood, for a lengthy power outage, for severe weather. Um, or for a medical uh, emergency like COVID-19. So I, I think sometimes when people open that, they think, you know, uh, why am I stocking two weeks of food? But uh, uh, there is a tip sheet there on that coronavirus LBA website. The common sense things people want to do is is those those things we learned in kindergarten. We want you to wash your hands a lot. We want you to use hand sanitizer if you can't wash your hands. Start to uh, avoid doing those personal interactions with general acquaintances. We're encouraging people to say, for example, if you go to a festival or or a conference or something, stop shaking hands, greet people in another way, um, stop hugging and kissing acquaintances, don't share cups, glasses, or silverware. This is kind of the way COVID-19 spreads. And then again, wash your hands. And then if you do feel sick, the best thing to do is stay home and call your doctor. That's the best way to not spread not only COVID-19, 
but just about any respiratory illness, including influenza, which is still fairly significant across Louisiana. Um, the last tip I'll give is if you haven't gotten your flu shot, go ahead and get that mm -hmm. for several reasons. The first one is flu is spreading still pretty significantly across Louisiana. In the beginning of flu season, we had a bad influenza B season. There's two types. Suddenly, influenza A has, has reared its ugly head. So influenza A is spreading fairly significantly across Louisiana. You can get that flu shot. But if you get that flu shot and then you come down with illness symptoms, say a month or two months from now, that helps a doctor decide, well, could this be COVID-19 or is it the flu? So several reasons to go out and get your flu shot as well. Absolutely. And and when you look at the numbers, uh, you know, unfortunately, if how many people we lose here in the country or even in the state, you know, the, the flu is definitely a, uh, a major factor. Um, one other thing on that personal level, uh, could you tell us your recommendations on, on mask or any other type of personal protection equipment? Yeah. You know, we oftentimes see a lot of people on the news, especially where, where diseases are transmitting, wearing masks. Unfortunately, the scientific evidence behind that does not really support wearing a mask if you're trying to prevent yourself from getting an illness. And they think most of the reason for that is you put on the mask, but then after about 15 minutes, it starts to annoy you. So you keep touching it or adjusting it with your fingers or your hands, or perhaps you know going throughout the day, touching your hands, your face, touching other people, and then touching the mask. So unfortunately, masks really do not help us from catching a disease that other people may have just due to the fact that you're not changing that mask every 10 minutes and, and washing your hands every 10 minutes. What a mask does do, though, believe it or not, is if someone is ill with any respiratory virus, influenza, COVID-19, if we put a mask on that person, it helps them not spread the disease. So really what people mm -hmm. need to learn is um, a, a mask uh, should really is not necessary to be worn out in public if you're well, and we don't want you to, that to give you a false sense of confidence that that's protecting you against getting ill. What we do want you to do is fall back on those simple common sense, wash your hands, cover your cough, stay away from sick people, and, and avoid uh, close contact with acquaintances out in public. Those are going to be much better to prevent you from getting a disease than wearing a mask. Again, that also helps save the mask for when people get ill, we can put that mask on that person or healthcare providers treating that person to help prevent the spread of disease out in the community. Interesting. Several things are happening along that front. And, and fortunately, um, the first thing that, that is helping us right now is that presidential declaration that, that uh, limited people from the epicenter in China from coming to the United States. What that did was was sort of slow its introduction. You know, that maybe gained us a week or eight days. Obviously, during that time, you need to be doing a whole bunch of other preparation. But during that time, what happens is uh, many of the, the medical device companies, including the companies that make masks, um, are in China. But the ones in the United States have really ramped up their production. So although there is uh, currently a national sort of uh, appearance of a shortage, Many hospitals during that time made sure that their stockpiles of personal protective equipment were, were well stocked. So in Louisiana, we've done a survey of all hospitals. Most of them have enough personal protective equipment right now. If this COVID-19 got bad, we do expect within two or three weeks, we'd start to see shortages at the hospitals. But hopefully, since we delayed the introduction into the United States, the United States is putting a whole bunch of money, obviously, into these uh, face masks and, and other companies 
producing personal protective equipment, they believe, I saw an estimate the, a couple of days ago, that we're up to possibly manufacturing upwards of 30 million masks uh, uh, per week wow. right now. So all we have to do is give it enough time for the United States manufacturing system to get up and running and make sure they're producing as many as they can um, so that we can restock our hospital system and our and our healthcare system so that we will have enough personal uh, protective equipment. But um, again, that's another reason for us trying to find each and every case of, of COVID-19 and try and slow its spread within our communities so that when those seriously ill people do hit those hospitals, we'll have the protective equipment that we need for not only that person, but for the healthcare workers who are who are treating them um, uh, to be effectively protected as well. Okay. And just a couple more topics. Uh, this is uh, there's a couple of things going on, especially in Louisiana. This time of year, you have a lot of outdoor events. You have a lot of uh, kids sporting events. You have a lot of people planning uh, vacations right yeah. now. Any any general advice to people while they're looking at, at their schedules over the next several months uh, on things they should be looking for? Or should they be taking any extra precautions at this time? Well, well they actually should. And and um one of the things I want to point out is these are kind of common sense rules that we all want to follow, not just for COVID-19, but for, for just about anything. But, you know, you might want to take an extra degree of precaution for COVID-19. There, there is, if, if you are planning on going on vacation or, or on a cruise, say, for example, what you really want to make sure is that you look at the CDC website, travel advisories. We do not recommend travel to an area currently that is, that is having COVID-19 spreading locally. Those areas right now include Southeast Asia, um, uh, Japan, uh, South Korea, Italy, places like that. And then just in general, if you're going on vacation anywhere else, you know, of course we, we may sit on an airplane, you may go through airports with lots and lots of people, you may um, stay at a, at a resort or go to a vacation place where there's a lot of people. What we kind of recommend, again, is sort of uh, using other mechanisms other than handshaking. Um, most people, if you think about your common behaviors, when you cough, a lot of people cough into their hand. And then you may go about your day and then shake several people's hands. We're encouraging people not to do handshakes. You can do sort of, you know, elbow bumps or even fist bumps. Um, uh, uh, well, that's that's cooler anyway. Yeah, right. right exactly. <laughs> and, and then you know, uh, certainly right. at, at crowded events, we 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 don't recommend that people do you know sort of hugging, kissing on the cheek, handshaking, things like that, and, and do those other things. Wash your hands frequently. Um, when you wash your hands, make sure you use warm water and soap. If that's not available, use hand sanitizer. Um, if, if people do become sick, we want you to stay in your room and not, say, go to the conference or interact with other people. And then finally, if you do cough or sneeze, we want you to do that into a into a tissue or into, you know, we've all seen those kindergarten rules, um, uh, cough or sneeze into the crook of your arm. And, and that's mm -hmm. a much better way not to spread illness or disease. And then finally, if, if you are, say, for example, if you did go on a cruise, just be a little, you know, of course, there's a maid in your room, but kind of be a little more conscientious about cleaning up, cleaning frequently touched surfaces like um, door handles, phone receivers, um, you know, the, the door of your room, things like that. Just follow these common sense rules of, of basic hygiene. Um, and that's what's going to prevent, you know, not only the spread of, of COVID-19, but also other diseases like influenza that you may get. Great advice, because, you know, we certainly don't want to see any industry struggle, 
you know, as we're getting through this, but, you know, we want people to be protected as well. Absolutely. Uh, one, one of the things that I appreciated that you guys uh, kind of hit on uh, was the fact that, you know, here in Louisiana, uh, we do have a lot of these events and, and there are a lot of people to come in, you know, for conventions and different things. And so uh, we do need to take these extra uh, layers of precaution at times. Right. And I noticed you guys have sent out some information as well, uh, dealing with businesses and law enforcement agencies as, as well. Is, is there generally a message uh, with those different types of uh, of agencies, or is it basically the same as what we're telling the general public at this time? Well, uh, a lot of that guidance is exactly what we've talked about here. But then we've also given them some human resources guidance. Say, for example, if they had employees returning from from travel, uh, tips on how to allow these people, say, for example, if someone did come back from China, you had an employee come back, tips on on helping manage their situation. You know, you don't want someone who you want them to stay home for 14 days, but these people need all kind of additional resources. They need food. They need um, and then also tips to help them. Can you get them a computer so they can work from home? Um, and, and then also ways, just like you said, we don't want these industries to be disrupted. So can we think of other ways for you to support your employees as they come back or as they travel? Um, in order to minimize disruption, not only to their lives, but also to your business. So we've added on top of the general common sense guidance that we've given other tips to help businesses manage those situations. And one other thing I appreciate in the, in the meetings that we've had at GOSEP with you guys is, you know, if someone is asked to stay home, maybe for the 14 day period or something, uh, you know, it's not a good idea to be at the mall or movies or somewhere else, you know, where you could be causing uh, just as much, if not more uh, problems. So, yes, we, we, we've sort of asked people, you know, stay at home really does. Now, now people are not locked in their homes. Obviously, if someone had an emergency or had to go leave, what we would do is we would have them follow those common sense rules. Say, for example, if, if they needed something in emer- as an emergency at the grocery store, we would have them, you know, make sure they took wipes with them and any surface that they touched to, to use that if they had to go to the bank or something like that. Now, we want them to partner with people in their community to make sure that these needs are met, but they're not locked in their house. But these common sense tips are, are really what's going to help us stop the spread of this. Dr. Welch, you've been uh, very helpful. We appreciate your time. I know it's a, a very busy time for you and your colleagues. So thank you very much for sharing that information. Absolutely. It's been great talking with you. LDH has put together online resources for the public at ldh.louisiana.gov backslash coronavirus. That's ldh.louisiana.gov backslash coronavirus. There is also a coronavirus general hotline at 1-855-523-2652. 855-523-2652. That hotline is available from 8 a.m. to 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. GOSAP has also started to consolidate a lot of information on COVID-19 on our website, emergency.la.gov. That's emergency.la.gov.
Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We want to thank Dr. Frank Welch for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the resources we mentioned. You can also find more preparedness information on getagameplan.org. We want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at DonateLifeLA.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can find out more on most of the topics we talked about today by following GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode available next month. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.